I am releasing old limiting beliefs about myself. I am at ease with both my strengths and my weaknesses. I am proud of all my accomplishments, big and small. I am always served well by my inner wisdom. Hello there, my CEO friends. Thank you for joining me for part two of our talk about relationships and cliches and how they have shaped our relationships. So let's get right into it. One of my favorite, I guess it maybe it's not necessarily a cliche, but with parents and it's not a textbook on how to be a perfect parent, right? And it's a million magazines, just like it's a million uh, self-help magazines or a million business ideas, you know, magazine wide, but your experience is your own. Mm -hmm. Everybody on the earth is their own individual. There is not one person who could write a parenting book to tell you how to raise every single person on this earth the same way. It's not going to happen. Everybody is not the same. They don't have the same experiences. They don't come from the same parents. They don't have the same cultural backgrounds. I mean, it's like, where, or like, who made you the perfect parent? You know, you don't think you've made mistakes. And granted, you may have learned some things that I haven't learned, but share with me. But I also have things to share with you. Right. And you have to be willing to look into that. Like, and I think about my son, them just having their first baby, like they in straight panic mode, you know? And my daughter-in-law is just like, I'm ready. I've babysat for years. I said, honey, you cannot send this baby home. Exactly. It is a difference. It is a difference. <laughs> but, do, but do not feel like you are failing as a parent if your baby won't stop crying. You know, it's something going on. You have to lean on the people that are around you, the people that you trust, the people that love and care about you who maybe have had a little more experience that can give you a little advice, but that's not necessarily maybe what will work for you. I can guide you, but it's not necessarily what you need to do to solve your situation. And just as both of you ladies were saying, with children, it's almost like, well, for me, I was in a perpetual state of always learning my children, right? I never, or I tried not to ever get comfortable with being who they were because the minute you get to know who they are, they're changing. Like mm -hmm. you said, your daughter is 13, like 14 is different. The mm -hmm. things that she did at 13, like you can't expect necessarily at 14 and at 16. And so I call it playing Curious George. I'm always playing curious, George, like, who are you? Like, what do I need to get to know about you? It's as if we're, you know, kind of like dating, so to speak. Like, I'm trying to get to know who you are so I can help you to be the best you in this stage, right? right. But not assuming that you're always going to be this person because we're forever growing different experiences or different environments. Something may have happened at school today that I don't know about that caused you to, you know, kind of change your perspective. Maybe you heard something, maybe you read something in a book. Even as close as we are to our children being in the same home, they too have different experiences, right? Mm -hmm. They're reading different things. They're looking at different things. They're hanging out with different people and they're growing just as we expect them to. But I think sometimes 
much like we were trained, right? We train them and kind of gear them towards what we know. Right. So, and that leads into the next question. So how do we, and Patty mentioned this earlier, like you can't train or teach what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So how do you train for better? Like how do you teach your children or even ourselves? Like how do we get better at something if we can't train from what we don't know? I feel like it's trial and error. And you have to have a willingness to want to grow and change. So we were taught something incorrectly. We did it and it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't working. And so then you have to either look within on how you're going to go about making this change. And then you have to kind of lean into your circle. Then It's got to be somebody around you who have had a similar experience that you trust, that you could talk to to get advice from. I always say that if you're the smartest person in your circle, then you need a different circle, right? You should always have somebody that you can access who can teach you, who you can learn from. I want to learn from the people I'm around. So if I haven't necessarily been taught it, I'm praying that I'm interacting with somebody who has been, you know, and if not, then it's the internet. <laughs> it's the internet because I'm about to Google something to try to figure out this situation, especially if you want to be better, right? Research, you know, you got to read and look into things. That's my perspective on it. And I also definitely researching, doing different self-help techniques, going to conferences, just talking to different people. I actually would venture outside of my circle because unfortunately, sometimes my circle, they can be a lot like me. Or sometimes you get those friends that they just know your heart. So because they know your heart, they see even if you're wrong, they understand the place you were coming from. So I sometimes have to step outside of my circle to go to other people who can then say, April, you know what? Let's try that a different way. And that's what I find myself doing a lot now. When I look at my daughter and parent, my daughter, a lot of the things that I I hated growing up, sometimes it's embedded in you. And it's like, you don't even realize you're doing it. When I would be getting on my daughter, when I was younger, my mom would ask me a question. And sometimes I answer and she'll say, well, who are you talking to? So I'm like, you answer, ask me a question. And then other times I won't say nothing. She's like, did you hear me talking to you? And I'm like, but you told me not to say nothing. So like, I'm stuck. And it only took one time for my daughter to do that to me. One time she was like, I don't know what you want, if you want me to talk or not. And like that right there, I was like, I have to find different ways to parent. So like now I stop as I'm getting on her and I have her repeat, what did you take from that? You know, because I could be saying it. That doesn't mean that's the way you're receiving it. And then are you understanding why you're in trouble? Because sometimes it makes perfect sense to me and it's not processing to her at all because she still does not see what the problem was and what I or what she did. So I try to venture out, find different ways, even look at other cultural stances on how they approach different situations. Like even the topic of sex growing up in my house, it was taboo. We didn't talk about the birds and the bees. I wouldn't know the birds and the bees from the ants and the the cats. We wouldn't have known anything, but I wanted to do something different. So we started those conversations very early. So then it wasn't like a thing. It was more so like, oh, that's just part of life. But I wouldn't yeah. have got that from my circle because all of us, we still waiting for the, the birds and the bees conversation. <laughs> Too late. 
we ain't we ain't get it. <laughs> That's good stuff. So what I heard from both of you ladies is a willingness, right? So although we may not be able to streamline and teach or you know train what we don't know. We have to willing be willing to go outside of what we don't know to learn something different, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of tying back to some of these cliches, there was an unwillingness to go outside of what they had been taught or what, right. you know, their family traditions have been. And it was, this is it. Do mm -hmm. it or not. Do it or get in trouble. Do it or get yep. your butt whooped. You know? Yep. And so there was this unwillingness to go outside. And so being willing to just learn something new so that you can expand, whether it is trial and error, right? That's a willingness to do something different than I had been doing before to see if this is gonna, you know, if this is gonna work for us. And I think in turn, our children notice for one, mm -hmm. and the people around us, even in our other relationships, they notice, and it does, it helps both parties grow. And so we're not, we're disconnecting from the traditions that we have been taught. We're learning something new. And even if it is nothing but passing along the idea that you should be open and willing to explore what works for the relationship that you're in, whether it's a you know working relationship, whether it's a parent-child relationship, but having that willingness and openness to learn is really key. And I think one of the, I'm gonna kind of wrap up with talking about relationships in our careers and or business. So that kind of ties in like having that willingness and openness. I hear a lot in the space that I'm in, especially because people are still working a job and either they have a side hustle on the side or they're running the business at the same time, but the noise or the cliche that you hear in the marketplace is that you have to be an entrepreneur. And so people hate their jobs. I don't like, you know, my job. I don't like the people, you know, in my jobs and you hear this complaining about either the people or the jobs that they're in. So just kind of talk a little bit about your experience with that, your thoughts about coworker or the employer employee relationship or even, you know, business relationship. <laughs> okay. So if I can be completely transparent, so like I said, I'm an, in my full time, I'm a director of a mental health agency. Right. So in taking my role, it was, and last year, it was one of the most challenging things I had ever done because I had already been at the company to a year and a half prior to. And making that transition from co-worker to leadership for some people, it was just really challenging for them. It had nothing to do with me. It just more so got it had things to do with their comfort level they had with me. So it was more so like, I don't see her as superior to me. The age factor became a big thing. So it was like a lot of pushback. Working with women, as we know, sometimes can be a little challenging because we like to voice our opinions a lot of times, not to the person who we should be voicing it to. So it was definitely challenging. It was days that I literally had to question myself 
if I could do it. But then that's when I had to separate personal from professional and understanding that I am here to do a job to lead. And whether people accept that initially, it's not a reflection of who I am or what I am in my role. That's their problem. So taking my hands off of the issues they may have had with me, as long as I knew that I was operating in the most fair and productive manner, I left it there. I left it there. And now some of those same people who were so challenging in the beginning, they've established a serious sense of trust in me. So, I mean, I might get a phone call at 10 o'clock at night on Friday about something that literally could have definitely waited till Monday, but they just wanted that reassurance that they were doing the right thing. So it can be rough. It can be rough, especially when you're dedicated to what you do and you're passionate about what you do. You really just want to make your mark and make a change. And when people aren't identifying that or in line with that, it for me, it was a struggle. But as long as you stay true to your mission, you'll get there. And that's what I did. Yes. When I think about the co-worker relationship, mine is kind of twofold because I work at a university. So the within the office relationship with my coworkers was initially, I felt like, I'm going to say tainted because I'm the youngest person in the office and one of only two blacks in the office, right? So that's twofold there. And then on the rest of the university side, because I pretty much deal with all the administrators across the college, it was, oh, well, who are you to be telling me what to do? You don't have a PhD. And in education, unfortunately, sometimes you're treated based on your status, right? Mm -hmm. And so within my office, I literally, like, I'm a stand up for myself, but it just got to the point, like, literally had to have a meeting with my boss, like, something got to be done. Because I don't have a problem with going to HR and filing a grievance type thing. But once you sit down and have a conversation with somebody outside of their bad morning, outside of them running late for work, outside of them forgetting their lunch or just assuming because of my age, I don't know what I'm doing. When you sit down and you actually get to talk to people, you really get to learn each other. And I think one of you touched on this earlier too. Like the conversation is necessary just because we have cultural or ethnical differences doesn't mean that we don't share the same pain at some point. And I'm here because my credentials say I should be here. And then that carries over to the other side with dealing with the doctors at the, you know, the university. It's like, okay, I don't have a PhD, but I know my job. And I'm not going to allow you to take those three letters and try to make me feel less than what I'm worth, you know? And it's not until you actually, unfortunately, you kind of have to prove it before they say, oh, okay, well, now this is an ally. Instead of my enemy, right? Because when you get to a situation that is my related to my job, now you want me to do a training session. Now you want me to come to, to administration meetings. Like you just have to be willing to work on them like any other relationship. And you also have to understand that because it's not a personal relationship and it's professional, that it's still some kind of differences between the people that you interact with on a daily basis. And respect is number one. So without that, no relationship is going to work. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I heard, which kind of just, just takes us in one big circle, is that when there was conflict, 
it seems as though it was tied to something that they held true to. In Patty's case, it's PhDs matter. Everything else doesn't. If you mm -hmm. don't have a PhD in this department, then I don't have to listen to you or you're not as valuable as. But sometimes then going back to that thing that we just talked about, having that willingness and openness to learn the individual and not just take because a person has a PhD, it automatically puts them in some level of expertise or some level of assurance that, you know, they're better than. But the willingness and openness to get to know Patty, the person, because we're all people first. And then April, in your case, like, imagine what I thought about is a topic that we had talked about earlier, kind of like standing up for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. That I think that is something that we come from an era of be seen and not heard. And so when we've had our voices suppressed for so long, and anything that feels like that, it's almost like we come out jabbing with the uppercut, we want a body slam, and we fight against that. And so to hear you say that, you know, people want to voice their opinion, but there's still some reservation. So I may not voice it to the person, right? I may not voice it to my boss or to the person that I'm confronting, but I still want to be heard. Mm -hmm. right? And so that willingness, again, going back to what may work for that is for that person, a willingness and an openness to not only learn you, the individual, but to just be transparent about what might be bothering them or you know what might be the issue because again we can all learn kind of full circle back to something patty said earlier like we can all learn something it you don't have to have been a previous phd to learn something from somebody who doesn't have a phd you don't have to be a prior director or a supervisor or having manage somebody you can learn something from the janitor just as you can learn something from the ceo everybody has something to offer because they're people or i believe that we all have a gifting that's inside so it doesn't matter what your role is but that willingness and openness to really be able to just kind of sit down and do something different or to even hear something different is key Mm -hmm. Yeah, open. Yep. Yeah, being open. So as we wrap up from the second part of the conversation, give me what the takeaway is and what something someone can take as an actionable step, whether it is, you know, a job relationship, parent child relationship, whatever it is that they could take away and to take an actionable step in dealing with their relationships. I think status is not superiority. Status does not automatically depict superiority, right? And that's in any relationship because parent-child is automatically assumed that the parent is, you know, the person with the status. And at work, your boss or somebody with a higher education level may be considered superior, but your status does not depict that you're superior. And bring it right back to what you said again, you have to be willing to learn to grow and open to learning 
that's with any relationship, whether it's an entrepreneurship business, a nine to five, familial, uh, intimate, whatever the case may be. Who you are does not necessarily mean that you're better than me because of the way you look at me. Right, right, right. And I would say the biggest thing is just having confidence, having confidence and taking the limits off of yourself. If you don't know something, don't be afraid to go out and ask. Don't be afraid to go out and research. Like you said earlier, it's not a lack of resources, a lack of knowledge, a lack of material. Sometimes it's just a lack of the drive to get out there and get into the information. If you want better, you have to put the action behind it. You have to do it. Don't let anybody limit you or yourselves. Sometimes the only way people have that control over us is if we already have that sense of self-doubt. So once you Mm -hmm. start to tear through that, nobody can really stop you when your mind is made up. If it's that PhD, go get that PhD. It don't matter how long it takes you to get it. If it's supposed to be yours, go get it. Don't let nobody stop you. And once you have that mindset from there, you want cruise control to where you're trying to go and you can't wait for somebody else to take you there. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So I want to thank you ladies for joining me at the kitchen table and having this very much needed conversation about things that we've held on to or truths that we held on to or agreements that we're still in that has an impact in our life and not necessarily a good impact, not necessarily ending us in a situation or a position of where we want to be but yet we're holding on to them. So thank you for adding to the conversation and just giving the listeners something to chew on, some food for thought of some actionable things that they can do and just sharing your experiences of some situations and some specific things that you have done and that you have grown from. So I thank both of you for joining me at the kitchen table and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you for having me. All right. Any final words outside of what you've already shared? No, not that I could think of. April? Just have an amazing evening. And remember, (laughs) it's always the opportunity, the perfect opportunity to start to change tomorrow. So let's just get started, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out at the kitchen table where we break down barriers in business, life, about money, all those things that get in the way of you living your best life, you living your legacy lifestyle. What I need you to do next is to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review, not only because I love hearing your feedback, but it helps us to also reach a wider audience. When you do that, also go hang out with me over on Instagram at Karen Janine. I'll be right back here again next week, same kitchen table, different conversation, and I hope you'll join me too. Until then, remember, leaving your legacy is the goal, but living your legacy is the blueprint. Be sure that the blueprint that you're living is the one you want to leave. Bye for now.